It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, let's recap the first game of the Thunder season Talk about Pogoshevsky, talk about this young team, SGA, Josh Giddy, and so much more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Minnesota Timberwolves because they're just frankly too young. And have patience with Pokashevsky after this game. SGA drops 30. Ch- uh, Josh Giddy plays well. And there's a big rotational surprise in game one. But thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Want to subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. On YouTube, if you subscribe, you can get a short after every single game recapping the game in one minute or less of the biggest storyline from the game as a little teaser for what's to come on the post-game podcast. So check that out over there on YouTube for the new YouTube shorts this season. So the game overview, everyone besides uh, Chet Holmgren was healthy. Of course, Chet Holmgren out with that foot injury for the entire season. He did travel in this game, but he will not travel overall. Like he will not travel to every single game this year with the Thunder. It's just a special circumstances. Number one, it's the first game, but also more importantly in the, in the sense of like deciding if he travels or not, it was to Minnesota. He of course is from Minnesota, has family, friends in Minnesota. It just made sense to bring him along for all of those reasons. Uh, as far as the rotation, DNP CD did not play coach's decision. Lindy Waters, Aaron Wiggins, and Jalen Williams out of, out of Arkansas. Isaiah Joe played 11 seconds. Let's count him as a DNP CD too. The starters for OKC. This is the big surprise. SGA. Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams, and Alexei Pokashevsky. Now, the big surprise there is Kenny Hustle. Uh, Poku played well as a, as a starter in the, in the preseason, played well overall in the preseason, but I really thought that Mark would want to keep Kenny Hustle off the bench. I was a bit surprised that he starts him instead of JRE or instead of Baisley uh, or instead of just a, a different look there against these two bigs in Minnesota. The, the Timberwolves start with D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert. Now, I, I want to track this all season long, just me personally, because I myself talk a lot about starters not mattering and have for a very long time uh, about how it's more of a fan thing and more of a pre you know a pre-game thing with the lights going down and the music and the spotlight, all that stuff. I talk a lot about that over the last three years, but at Media Day, 
Mark also brought it up and Mark talked a lot about it in the sense of, you know, saying that fans look into it too much and, it, you know, it's not necessarily about who starts. So I want to track throughout the year who started the game from Mark in the pregame or whenever we find that tip off and who was what I'm going to term the minutes starters, who got the five most minutes in each and every game. So this first look at who had the top five minutes played in this game for the Thunder, SGA, Josh Giddy. Trey Mann, Lou Dort, Pokashevsky were the five people who made up the most minutes. That's a really weird lineup. And if that if that was rolled out there as a starting lineup, Twitter would go crazy for about 15 minutes before tip-off. And uh it would be it would be a raucous time. This lineup was a raucous time on Twitter as well. So how did the Thunder lose this game? What are the big storylines from this game? We're going to talk about Pokashevsky. We're going to talk about SGA, this team's youth, Josh Giddy, and Lou Dort, and so much more. But just simply breaking this game down, OKC gets down 16 early. Uh, slow, sluggish start to the first half. Uh, did not play particularly well in that first half at all. And Mark touched on, you know, they were playing slower than they should have been, just kind of tight. Uh, in general, offensively, I, f- I feel like. And then the third quarter trend lives on. A 12-0 run in the third quarter. Uh, they, they made a huge comeback, tied the game up, took the lead uh, in the second half of this game. And I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, I just released a podcast saying, that, you know, you can't really duplicate leading the league in 15-plus point comebacks year after year. And here they are, another one in the books. Well, the Thunder do fall in this game after six lead changes, five times being tied. They lose 115 to 108 to Minnesota. But some key takeaways from just the box score, and then we're going to get into the individual storylines. The Thunder out-rebound the two-center Timberwolves. For everyone who freaks out about there's not enough centers on this team, who's going to play center? No centers. Why so many guards? Folks, the Thunder are changing the way that you should approach the roster. That is just simply a column in a spreadsheet. That is a letter in a column in a spreadsheet. It does not matter. They will play anyone, anywhere, and technically speaking, X player might be the power forward, but they're going to play down low. They're going to switch in the perimeter. They're going to try to get rebounds. They're going to do the dirty work. They're going to do whatever it takes. Their goal is to play fast. Their goal is to play versatile. Their goal is to just put out a cohesive unit that can play fast, switch, and basically do everything on the floor. That's what they want to have happen. And so against this two big lineup of Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert, oh my goodness, how are you going to deal with these two towers down there? The Thunder win the rebounding battle. They start 1-0 this year on the glass. They win 57-55 against this just absurdly big team. And the Thunder, no size. They're going too small, playing small ball, no centers. Folks, change the, change, go make your own spreadsheet Type out every player on the roster and then change the little column if you need to to say that Darius Bays is a C instead of an F. Don't care. Whatever you got to do to trick yourself into doing it, the Thunder have enough centers on this roster and this is just how they're going to play from now on. This is how they're going to build their team. Sam Price has been saying it for like two years now. The, the Timberwolves do win the second ch- uh, chance points by two. They won points in the paint 50-38. to 38. Uh, The Thunder won the fast break points. 17-10, to 10, and that's while playing particularly slow in the first half. Now, the Thunder shot 38% from the floor. They actually shoot better than Minnesota from three, despite only shooting 31%. Minnesota shot 26% from three. Both teams shot 81% from the line. The Thunder only had five players in double figures. Minnesota had seven. 
just a tough matchup for OKC. And of course, that slow, that slow first half did not help. The biggest storyline from this game, the biggest takeaway to me is the youth. I think that this game showed you what this season will be. It's going to be a fun season, as I promised you since the draft. It'll be a very, very fun season. I can't promise you wins. I can't promise you losses, but I can promise you fun. And that's what this team will be. But in all of that excitement and all of and all of the fun, young teams and the Thunder are once again the youngest team in the NBA. Once again, they're the second youngest team in the NBA history, only second to last year's Thunder team. Young teams typically cannot close out games. Young teams typically cannot get over the hump in the games in the midst of a long 48-minute battle. And this game felt pressurized. The crowd was into it. It felt like it mattered. It's opening night. It's a tight-knit game. There was a one-possession, two-possession game under three minutes to play in this contest. And the Thunder shot poorly. They started slow. They were clunky a bit down the stretch. They had some really bad offensive possessions. And uncharacteristically, in the first half, they were bad on defense. So despite all of those negative things, this still ends up being a very close game with under a minute to play in this contest. But the Thunder are just too young to close out the game, and they're just too young to go over the hump. And I think that the biggest case in point in that is Alexei Pokashevsky. Look, I think that Pokashevsky played well. I think that the third-year forward, which I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter, third-year forward, yes, he has now played in his first game of his third season. But you have to remember, he's 20 years old. And he came over to the NBA from the second division overseas whenever everyone was shocked. Even people who stayed plugged in religiously to the draft and religiously to overseas, Fran Fraschilla, one of the best scouts of overseas talent in the world, was shocked that Pokashevsky would not only come to the NBA right away, but play a ton of minutes in the NBA right away. So you have to remember, that was his starting point. So technically, yes, he's logged games in all three years, but it's not the same for this 20-year-old. This, this is the first time Pokashevsky has played in a game in which it felt like it mattered, in which it felt pressurized, in which it was close late, and he was a part of that closing lineup late. He's never been in that circumstance before. So if you're going to say, oh, it's great if the Thunder make the playoffs because you know what? That gets them experience. This is an experience that they can learn from. This is an experience that Poku can learn from. It's his first time ever closing a game in a game that felt like it mattered. Overall in this game, I thought he played well. If you found a way to, to get your hands on the game film and you got your hands on that game film and you chopped off the last five minutes of the game and you only presented that chunk of the game to someone, they would evaluate the game and say, you know what? Pretty solid game. Pretty solid game. But it was those last four shots, it was those last four possessions in a row that just sunk the boat in the public perception of Pokashevsky and of what he did tonight. But you have to have grace with a 20-year-old who's never been in this spot before. And that's what this season is about. It's about getting these guys opportunities that they're not used to, that they're not, not comfortable with, that they're not accustomed to. Because you know what? you got to find out, does he have it in him to be in these closing laps? And one game and one bad game does not mean that he does or doesn't. But it's getting to look at different situations for these guys, getting them in new spots, getting more data points. And you know what? You might find out that Poku's never going to be a guy that can close out an NBA game. He can be a fine rotational piece. He can be a fine swing starter, but he's never going to be the guy that can finish a playoff game or finish 
a tightly contested regular season game. You might find that out, but you've got to at least try it. And they tried it tonight, and it was the first go at it. So let's not say he can never do it. Let's not say they should give up on the experiment. Let's not say anything really overreactionary about tonight because it was a good game except for those last five minutes. Now, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks, because Bet Online is where the game starts and where we find ourselves here is betonline.net because they're your number one source for all your sports betting and information. With the new basketball season here, you can bet on every single NBA game. And if you bet on NBA basketball so far this year and you bet on the Thunder and took my advice and took the Thunder plus 10 and a half, you'd already be a winner in this circuit at Bet Online. It's so easy. You type in betonline.net. You can bet on football. You can bet on baseball. You can bet on basketball. You can bet on anything you want to. They even have the lines out there already for Friday. And Thursday. So tonight, the Bucks and Sixers go at it. The Bucks are four point underdogs on the road against the Sixers. I might take the Bucks in that one at Bet Online. Check them out today, betonline.net. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow us on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Now, make your second listen the Game to Game Podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result is found at the Lockdown Game to Game Podcast, covering every game from across the NBA with local breakdowns from the Lockdown coverage that only we can deliver. So go follow Game to Game on the Lockdown NBA YouTube feed, uh, available on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast from, Game to Game NBA. Uh, check it out today. So let's talk about the team as a whole. So we get that they're too young. Talk about Pokashevsky. Look, 24 minutes, 11 points, 7 assists, 3 uh, uh, rebounds, or 70 rebounds, 3 assists. A block. At the rim, he shot one for three. Corner threes, he went one for one. And then above the break for threes, he went one for four. Uh, good game for Pokashevsky. Uh, but again, just young and could not finish the game out. And yes, could Mark have decided to not close the game with Pokashevsky? Sure. And would that have given the Thunder a technical better chance to win the game? Sure. But it's not necessarily about capturing a win on opening night on a random, when we look back on it, a random Wednesday night. It's about development and growth, and this was an opportunity for Pokoshevsky to develop and grow. He'll watch the film tomorrow. Let's see how he reacts to it moving forward. SGA comes back, first game back from the injury for the grade 2 MCL sprint, and he dominates at the rim. 
uh, where the rest of the team continues to struggle. The Thunder did not shoot well at the rim tonight. They just didn't. We'll get into the, some of those breakdowns coming up, but SGA did dominate at the rim. He had two tough mid-range shots, which I think that made his mid-range um, feel a lot bigger than it was. It was two for six, but those two were just immaculate in the mid-range. He scored 32 points, three steals, two blocks, six rebounds, five assists, went six for six at the line. If SGA is an improved free throw shooter, that is the key to unlocking him into the points per game category. I've always said that the difference in points per game, right? The the way to elevate from 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 20 to 25, 25 to 30 is by making your free throws. It's by making the free ones. They're giving them to you. And so far in his career, he's an 80% free throw shooter. If that number climbs to 81, 2, 3, 4, 5, or up to the 90s, then that's how you go from a 24.5 per game uh, score to a 28 per game score or a 30 point per game score. He scores 32 tonight. He went two for six from three and 52% from the floor, including just trying his hardest to answer bucket for bucket with the Timberwolves. He was awesome in this game. SGA was truly awesome, and that was his first game back. And as Mark pointed out, they did look slow. They did, they did look clunky in the, you know, in the opening go of it in the first half. And hopefully that that changes. And, and I think that it's a good thing because Mark, as a head coach so far, has been very calculated in what he says out loud. And what he said out loud typically is true. Like it's not normally coach speak. And he, he if you want to say called out, called out, you know, SGA and Josh Giddy publicly, which, which I say that as in not a bad way, but I say that as in if he's saying it publicly, hey, look, we got to play faster with SGA on the floor and Josh Giddy on the floor in the first half. Then tomorrow, whenever they put the game film on, he's going to say it to the team. And that all that is is making it known this is a point of emphasis. And I wholeheartedly agree. This is a team that they've been telling us is built to play fast. It's built with multiple playmakers where anyone can grab and go. Either grab the rebound and throw an outlet pass, grab the rebound and go down the floor yourself and set up the offense, whatever it is, but it's just go, 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 go. And as the Thunder play with more pace, as they win more fast break battles, they typically win the game. So I want to see them prioritize pace whenever SGA and Josh Giddy are both on the floor instead of one or the other. I think that the, the conversation of if they can work, it's way overblown because the Thunder are purposefully building a roster full of guys who can do everything. And whenever SGA can do everything and Josh Giddy can do everything, and yes, they're both ball handlers and yes, they're both point guards, it makes life easier, not harder. And we have to remember any judgment you have of this pairing is far too soon because technically it's a year in, but minutes load wise, it's not a year in. They have not played a full year's worth of minutes and they've told you out loud for everyone to hear fans, media, other teams alike, that they had that meeting with Sam Presti and Mark and Josh and Shea after the all-star break. They came back from the all-star break last year against Phoenix had their best game as a duo. And then Josh Giddy did not get to play again the rest of the year because he was hurt. So even using that as a benchmark, we've gotten two games of this of this pairing. And they know what they have to work on. And Josh Giddy has said publicly admitting, hey, my job is to get the ball back to Shea whenever I have it and set him up the best that I can. He said that verbatim out loud. So it's far too early to, to talk about the pairing and if it'll work and any of this stuff. 
plenty of time. And in this game, they both played well. Josh Giddy um, played well. SGA dropped 32. With Josh Giddy, 11 points. I mean, should I say 14 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two blocks. The biggest thing for me for Josh Giddy is two, two different areas. Number one, very active on defense. Not just the two blocks, but he was active in communicating. He was active in switching. He was active in getting a hand in his face and closing out. He was, he was just very active on defense and not just kind of reactionary. He was proactive or he was... Um, of course, you're always reacting on defense, but it wasn't really sitting back on his heels. That's a better way to say it than reactionary. Uh, it wasn't really sitting back on his heels. He was kind of trying to get ahead of the game on the defensive end. He was two for seven from three, and this goes back to what I was saying in the preseason. Well, yes, he shot 28% from, from three tonight. I said in the preseason, look, the shots are going in now, but I couldn't care less if they go in or not. I care about the process over results. Tonight was a process over results game. There's one shot where to throw up and fling it up there because of the situation, try to bait a foul because of the situation of the half-court offense. So then you take that down to two for six. And every shot looked good. Every shot had confidence. And every shot mechanically looked sound. So that's all you can ask for. And eventually they're going to fall with this new jump shot that he has with his new landing, with his feet placement and his hand placement and working with Chip England. So... This is a process over results game from three-point shooting for Josh Giddy. Those two areas stood out to me because he's more comfortable and bold in taking three-point shots. He's not catching it, hesitating, letting the defense reshuffle and rotate over. He shot uh, 42% from the floor, including some solid rim finishes. He did have four fouls, though. And these four fouls come with being more active on defense. And one of them, uh, I think, is an easy fix. Like, you know, one of the, one of the fouls that he had was... Rudy Gobert slicing down the lane, just no one in front of him, easy, breezy dunk. And instead of letting him have it, Josh Giddy rotates to late, swipes in there, does not do a dang thing to Rudy Gobert because he's Rudy Gobert. He dunks past the swipe, but it's still a foul and one. Uh, so you just has now, you've now compounded the problem. Not only did the defense not rotate well or not pick up their assignment, whatever, whatever broke down within the play, not only did they get a wide open dunk, but you've now sent them to the line for one. That's easy stuff to learn from. It's easy to say, you know what? I know you're very competitive. I know that you want to try to fix everything. But if we're beat, we're beat. Let's not compound that issue and give them a free free throw. And it will give them three instead of two. We want want to limit the three-pointers that they get, even the old-fashioned three-pointers that they get. So uh, I I think that all of that is very fixable and teachable. And you'd rather have your young player being extremely vocal and active and aggressive defensively than not playing defense at all. You'd much rather have this outcome for OKC and for Josh Giddy than the opposite. So I think that that was good. I think that that was really good for the Thunder and for Josh Giddy. So coming up, let's talk about Lou Dort. Let's talk about the rest of this team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Check out the Lockdown NBA Podcast for the national perspective on the NBA. Lou Dort. 
I was not pleased with the Lou Dort game that we saw today, but you can understand it, right? He, he looked like he was forcing it. He looked like he was trying to do too much. He looked like he was playing outside of himself. But the first half did not go their way, their way offensively. They just looked clunky. He's the leader of the defense, or at least the best defensive player, and the defense was, was struggling in the first half. He just got paid that massive deal. Obviously, there's pressure to prove yourself, even if the team tries to alleviate that from you as best that they can. You're obviously still going to feel that yourself. I think that there's a few areas here with, with Ludort. The first thing is, Ludort shot only two corner threes and went 0 for 2. Now, I don't really care that he missed both of them. What I care about is that there's not more of them. Whereas, above the break threes, he shot four of them and went 1 for 4. Now, look, in this game, technically speaking, he at least made one of the above-the-break threes. But historically in his career, going back to his rookie season, to the year after that, to the to last year, he's been a much better three-point shooter in the corner than above the break. And I thought that this team would be able to put him in a spot to take more corner threes than above-the-break threes. For example, just taking last year's numbers, last year, Ludwig shot 44% from the corner, and above-the-break threes, he shot, he shot 31%. So I'd still like to monitor that number and see it trend in the right direction these next few games in the, in the rest of the season. He did make one long mid-range shot. He shot one for two at the rim, missed two shots in the paint, missed a free throw extended jumper. Like It just was not a good game for him. 10 points on 25% shooting. He went one for six from three total, obviously. Six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. It looked like he was trying to do too much. And again, I just explained all the reasoning behind it, but... Steel, you're hoping that that gets under control moving forward. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to to Eugenio Maruri and to Mark and to Mark. Like Mark Dagnall doing this was huge because face value, I'll admit even I was shocked that Aaron Wiggins is the DNPCD and not Eugenio Maruri. But Mark allowed Eugenio Maruri to declare himself, as he always tells you, and this is why I say again that Mark is typically not one to just give you. Coach speak. Like he tries his genuinely best to tell you what's really going on. So whenever he tells you lines that feel buzzy, right? Like we've got to declare ourselves as a, as a team. We've got to give these guys a clean slate. We've got to let these guys be judged on their own merit whenever they get here and not just them on their past, yada, yada, yada. In the past, Wiggins has shown you he's a rotational piece that should be playing for you each and every night. And Eugene Mori is a rookie, you know, in terms of like experience wise, he played a couple games for the Mavericks and got hurt last year. But, you know, he's this two-way guy that's not really proven or anything like that. But Eugenio Mori had a great camp, he had a great preseason, and in the preseason he showed all these things of being physical and a spark plug. And in this sloggy game where there's these two bigs and you're looking for a spark, they used Eugenio Mori for 14 minutes instead of using Aaron Wiggins because Eugenio Mori was matched up with Carl Anthony Towns. And as much as I go to bat for Aaron Wiggins each and every podcast, and you've known that if you listen to this podcast for a whole year, I go to bat for Wiggins as much as I can. Eugenio Mori went toe-to-toe with Cat and made Cat look small, even though Eugenio Marie is classified as a guard on the spreadsheet. So that is a tool that Wiggins just could not have done in this game. And for Mark to trust Eugenio Marie and and allow him to stand on his own merit of the preseason and, and training camp and not just go back to um, what he felt comfortable in, because most coaches would feel comfortable in a guy they've seen play in an NBA game before and thrive really well defensively in an NBA game before, like Aaron Wiggins did. That is a good thing for Mark. But Eugenio Murray legitimately played power forward and center in this game. 14 minutes, four rebounds, four points. A scrappy player did get five fouls, though. And that's what you run into when you play Rudy Gobert, Carlton Towns, Jokic, 
when you play these bigs, Joel Embiid, when you play these bigs that are traditional bigs with this style of play, that's what you run into. But all credit to Eugene Murray for delivering that in his you know first regular season game with the Thunder, one of his few in his NBA career because of that injury last year with Dallas. And the, the Mavericks were high on him last year, except you know he got hurt and then just things just didn't break his way. But he's he's played a career four NBA games uh, so far, all with the Mavericks, and then this one with the, with the Thunder, so five career NBA games so far um, this season. But he did a good job uh, in a random test. Eh. I'll never know, right? No one's in the locker room pregame on the game planning side of things, and no one has the scouting report, but I have a hard time believing that that plan A, B, or C was let's have Eugenio Mori not only play, but defend Anthony Towns and wrestle re- rebounds from Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. I don't think that that was the plan A, B, or C, but they still went to it, and it worked. In, in, in the realm of things, it worked. And he was ready for it. He was ready for the opportunity, and he made the most of it. Interesting to see kind of what he does moving forward. Really, you can sum this up in a lot of ways on why the Thunder lost this game. They're too young, and you're not going to win a ton of games whenever your veteran winning impact players do not play well. Kenny Hustle, 22 minutes, shot 28% from the floor, went one for three from three, five points, six rebounds, and an assist. That's it. Mike Muscala, 0 for three from three, two points, three rebounds, and assist in seven minutes. When those two guys aren't giving you winning plays, you can't really win games while you're being this young. Again, not to put the loss on two guys, and and that's not what I'm trying to do here. But what I'm saying is, you already have to fight an uphill battle in the sense of you're young, and this youth on this roster, in the the history of the NBA, young teams struggle to close games. So you're you're fighting history. You only have two veterans who can make winning impact veteran plays in Muscala and Kenny Hustle. Whenever they have an off night, which every player deserves to have, and every player will have across the NBA, across the season, whenever they have an off night, that's just too many problems to overcome, especially against a good team in Minnesota who many think can be a top four seed in the West, in the stacked Western Conference. So that, these are all kind of explainable details for why the Thunder lost this game uh, or what to expect moving forward. Trey Mann struggled to shoot in this game, 12 points on uh, 4 for 11 shooting overall in 23 minutes, uh, two rebounds to assist for him. We'll see. He's a streaky guy. What if he has a great game on Saturday and we are then glowing about him? Let's just let him kind of settle into the season. Uh, the rookies, Jay Dub, he was great, but he left the game early with an injury. But in the, in the five or so minutes he got to play, he was awesome. Five points and 100% shooting, one assist. Uh, did have 3,000 five minutes, which is obviously concerning, but... Is the foul trouble from this team in general, is that a Minnesota thing? Or is that a playing a bigger team, which they're going to play again on Saturday and Sunday, so we won't really get to know this for another week, but you know, is that a Minnesota thing, or is that a problem with the roster type of thing? We'll see moving forward. Better of the day was OKC plus 10.5. That obviously cashed in our favor, so we're 1-0 in the, uh, in the pip bet of the day. I'm trying to do the mental math. I might have messed that up. I'm not good at math. I, f- I failed math multiple times in my career. So I might have messed that up. But I think that, that we won the 10 and a half bet. Uh, MVP of the game, obviously SGA, but a huge shout out to Eugene Omori in this one. What you're looking forward to. So Friday on Lockdown Thunder. It's an every single day podcast, folks, not just after post game. Friday on Lockdown Thunder. What every player needs to improve on. Saturday, we're going to recap the Nuggets game. And then Monday, we're going to recap the Timberwolves game. We are Monday through Friday, plus after every single post game. Plus, if you go on YouTube, you'll find our YouTube shorts after every game, which is a nice minute-long recap on the biggest story from each game. Check it out uh, on YouTube. 
And also check it out on the Game to Game podcast, where you can get a recap of like that from every team across every game that happens in the NBA this year. Check it out today. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 